Welcome to our Ted Lasso talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay, welcome back, beautiful people. Today we are discussing Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 12. This is Part 5 of our continuing coverage. I am your host, Coach Castleton. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. We are keeping it 100, as in episode 100. Oh, yeah, right. We have a (laughs) – this will be 101, Coach. You believe that? Wow. That's a a 100 in the books. We're we're moving past it. Yeah, 100 episodes. Thanks to everyone who has uh, joined us this far on our journey. Um, We never thought we'd make it to 10 episodes. So uh, 100 is uh, quite an achievement. We thank all of our listeners worldwide. All of our buttercups, everyone who supports us, uh, thanks for taking the, the journey with myself and uh, and with Coach Bishop and, of course, our boss, Emily Chambers. It did take Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt eight years to make Ted Lasso from commercial to first season. So maybe it'll only take us eight years to cover the three seasons of television that they put out. <laughs> to discuss it. Right, right, right. Also, um, I would like to mention, if I sound like a changed person, if I sound different and... Um, reborn uh i need everyone to know the national show that i went to on monday night well not the best show i've seen i did get to touch matt berninger on his shoulder when he came out into the crowd uh like jesus a little like jesus and i i patted him on the shoulder and i think maybe i said great job but i hope not uh so now i'm a different person now i'm safe i hope you said i hope you said something really cringy like, hey, bud, or like, like so- something, uh, something. <laughs> I wait, way to go. Um, yeah, uh, no. Bye, Matt. Bye, bye, What's his bye name? Matt, Matt Berninger. Matt Berninger, which sounds like Burning. burning Her, but he doesn't, as far as I know. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, That's my week. So listen, can you can you just ex- just just I know it's not in our habit to explore concepts on this show, mm-hmm. but walk me through. Um, I have a child. I have four children. Wait, um, you do? I have four children, yeah. And, right, uh, right. And, and, and one of them is uh, has that thing that is reminiscent of whatever you're explaining here. So I was born not giving two rat's asses about anybody else and not thinking uh, anybody was all that spectacular. So I, I think if we've discussed this, when, when I was growing up and all my friends had posters of like, different pinup models and you know girls that they were infatuated with or tv people i was always like oh who's my it was it used to drive me crazy that i couldn't localize that onto one person actually not because i had so many because i had none Mm -hmm. because i'm like Mm -hmm. eh, they're all right they're fine like they're not you know like whatever you know i didn't have a Baywatch poster like everybody seemed to like have a like there was a a level of white boy you know that that used to have that or you know before that it was Sharon Stone, Cheryl Teagues, Bo Derek. There's all these like pinup models, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one of my friends said Iman. You remember Iman? Oh, uh, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, so there was, you know, beautiful, beautiful women and whatever. Now, one of my uh, uh, children, she she gets she gets so hyped over people. Like she will just be like, I love this. It's mostly 
soccer player. She'll mm-hmm, be like, mm-hmm. I love this unbelievable soccer player. And she wants, then she wants to study that person and find out what that person does. And, and so like you had this moment with the lead singer of the national mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you patted him, uh, probably weirdly a little bit, definitely uh, awkwardly. Yeah. Awkwardly. And, and so tell me what that does for you. Tell me what, it's just like, is it a connective thing with somebody that you have spent so much time admiring? And you're like, uh, like well, I don't want to put, I don't want to say what it, you tell me, tell me what it is. It, it, I, yeah. I want to fill in the blanks. It, so I should mention, I like that um, your daughter is into soccer players. Actors don't necessarily do it for me. Like it, it, I love the role of uh, Lip Gallagher so much that that sort of, transferred on to Jeremy Ellen White. But even now I love Carmi from the bear so much that it's, it, it's the character. It isn't the actor themselves. Like, I don't know. Harrison, even though the actor plays both of those roles. Yeah, no, I think that and looks disturbingly like your yes. eighth grade boyfriend or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, no, not eighth grade boyfriend. I didn't have any boyfriends in middle school. Thank you. The guy that I had oh, a did. crush. On, oh no. Well, oh. is that too young? Is that, is that young eighth grade? That seems like, People start to have boyfriends at eighth and eighth grade. No, no, people do. I don't. We've been through this. <laughs> I had, I had, I had no boyfriends. I had none. I didn't go on any dates. I think I went on one. I think I went on one date when I was in high school. And the didn't I tell you about this? The dude, God bless him. We went to the movies. He brought his best friend with, and. And not his best friend's girlfriend, who I was friends with. We didn't go on a double date. We went on a date, and his best friend, Jim, was there, too. I, I'm sorry. Were, I don't want to. Okay. That, is, that is either incredibly advanced or incredibly remedial. Um, and I'll let you folks decide. <laughs> it, I, I, I swear to God. I Holy cow. Like, what in the world? It was the weirdest thing. We went to go see Star Wars when it was re-released in the theater. And so he walked up to the front door and picked me up. And we were in, yes, freshman year. So his dad drove because he couldn't drive. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And so I just got in the back seat of like the minivan or whatever. And then I was like, why is Jim here? What's happening? Like, what's going on? And like, why didn't my date's dad take care of this? Why wasn't he like, hey, dude, don't bring your best friend on a date? Why was Jim like, yeah, I guess this sounds good. Let's go to the movie. Anyway, um, no, it's not my, I think maybe I did have one boyfriend in middle school. We talked on the phone one time and then that was it. And then we like broke up three months later. Anyway, um, I'm so far off the fucking path at this point. Uh, yeah, no. So it's not, it's the Ted cast. It's the Ted cast. It fucking happens. It's, um, it's much more of an obsession with singers, especially singers who write their own music. Like, like the reason I love Matt Berninger is, uh, he looks like your coolest college English professor. So, so that's a thing for me. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But then also he, he, he writes things like, um, uh, Why'd I Leave It Like That is off of Space Invader, the newest song that I love so much. And just super low and growly and real sad and remorseful. Why'd I Leave It Like That? It's fucking great. And it breaks my heart. Um, so I, I, th- I think that is more of the connection in this case that I'm like, hey, you write things that I would if I could write better. If I, if I could say things the way that I wanted to, it would be what you said. Um one of my favorite Alkaline Trio songs has a line 
uh, I think I've mentioned before, all my favorite singers have stolen all of my best lines. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's what you did. I was, I was supposed to say that shit, but you, you, you knew it somehow. And then you said it and did it better. So thank you. Right. I think that's it for me. Boss. I think you've got an emotional complexity thing. Oh, well, that's new. I haven't been accused of that before. I would like everybody like when, to know that while he is saying this, I'm drinking from a mug that says, fucker in charge of you fucking fox. So whatever sort of... <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Whatever sort of emotional complexity, I like that it's being wrapped up in swears. But go there on about is. that. No, I'm just thinking, like, Beard, Roy... I haven't seen some of these other shows, you know, um, you're the worst as you describe it. It seems like when there's, you know, when there's some, some, some emotional messiness to be explored and not necessarily tidy, by the way, Oh no, I don't get the sense that you're needing to fix it. Oh no. Just like experience it. Oh yeah. No, I only like damaged people. I I mean, I only like really genuinely put deep down love damaged people. Oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I had to do. I had to do some work on that. And I promise you, I was at a friend's house at one point, and a friend, a friend of his girlfriend, was there, literally lying on the floor talking about the pain she was in, and then started talking about all this chaos in her life. And as I noted, how much hotter she was getting, yeah. through this experience, I was like, you have a problem sir yeah like like it was a very come to jesus moment for myself that's not how this should work like the red flags mean go away no not like they're not an invitation in no but for in that moment i was very aware as a young very young man and said yeah you might want to work on that oh see that's where we differ because i don't work on it at all I know that it's a thing and I'm not interested in resolving it. I I try to avoid now people that are in like active, I don't want to say trauma, but like it, it, when they're active in their damage, I do try to like, I at least want them to have it resolved and neatly packed up and put away. Right. But I do want it to be there. Like uh, I have tweeted it so many times. I'm going to put it in the community Slack. Uh, there is a gif of Alexis Rose from Shit's Creek where somebody says something interesting and then she very casually slides over to the counter and puts her hands up like, okay, tell me more about this. Um, <laughs> every single time I find out a man has dad issues, that is internally me. I'm like, oh, wait, let me just slide <laughs> in here. I, um, I, I was just it. watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham and Ollie Palmer, who already is extremely attractive and has tattooed thighs, which is great for me. Talked about how his parents got divorced when he was little. And then later his dad came out as gay. And that's why the marriage broke up and like the work that he had to do with his dad and how it hurt. But now the relationship is great. And he's so, and I was like, you're going to kill me. You're absolutely going to kill me. You have tattoos and dad issues. Jesus Christ. Let's do it. Yes. Let's, (laughs) Go. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> the 
This is all oh, getting God. cut. All getting cut. Uh, Holy God. mac. While you were doing while you were t- I was looked him up and um you know he's from Cincinnati? Oh, uh Matt Burninger, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, Cincinnati. He looks like someone you would be really into. I'm looking at him I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've got a yeah, type. Troubled. You know, they're all these are all uh, Gen Xers. I hate to tell you in this band. Oh yeah, not my age. They're all a year older than Coach and I. Yeah, so. yeah. I actually, um, a cousin of mine married into the family. She grew up in Cincinnati, and I was like, please tell me that you know like a younger brother or somebody. Do you have any sort of in that I could get with? She's like, no, I don't. I don't know any of those fuckers. I'm like, are fine. Useless to me. So th- that was another, that was another one of my like clueless moments, but at least someone else got to give me their clueless story so I could get it. So there's a guy I know, we were all in this group of writers and he's married and um, there's a, but there's a woman who like he interacts with a lot. And one day she says to him, do they, are there any more like you at home? Whatever it was, or like, do you have a, whatever mm-hmm, it was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he sorted out that what she was saying was like, I find you super attractive mm-hmm. and given you're not available. And I was like, I would have never caught that. Like, I, I just like had a moment of like, I would have been totally clueless. Like, well, yeah, I have one brother. Like, I would not have, <laughs> I would not have gotten that. Oh my God. Know. I, yeah, no, See, there is a possibility that this is why I didn't go on any dates all through uh, my school career. Not until I was legally and fully an adult. Um, I feel like there were a lot of times where I was making it very clear that I was flirting with a dude. And because he was not responding in the way that I wanted him to, I assumed he was not interested. And now I'm like, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to Facebook people. It'd be like, hey, <laughs> listen, d- right. Jake, when I was flirting with you that bad, did you understand what was happening or are you just a dipshit? Well, actually, I've seen I, him on Facebook. He is a dipshit. I was I was right. right to avoid that one. There you go. So you, you lucked out. The cluelessness isn't always a bad thing. It's true. The worst of those is, is if someone tells you later and you're like, I would have totally done that. That's the worst. That's like that's regret. That's 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 not a fun feeling. Oh oh oh! Like, that you you definitely oh, would have made and, out. Oh yeah, like oh in college I thought you were so cute, and I'm like, well, it's a little goddamn late now. Oh my god, you okay? So there was this guy. It's done is done. I'm not going to name him, but it, it, uh, this guy. But Jake. But Jake, no, no. actually, uh, his name was Nick. It doesn't matter. In freshman year, we had science together. And I would flirt with him relentlessly. And we, at one point we were writing notes back and forth to each other. Like we were pretending that it was like schoolwork or whatever, but it was like, blah, 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 all this other shit. And so the bell rings, I wrote something and then the bell rings and he slides the note back and I stick it in my pocket and school ends for summer done, like finished. He goes to a different high school, sophomore year. He did wrestle. So I ran into him one time and he was like, Hey, I wrote you that note and you never got back to me. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? I somehow still had the note in like a box somewhere at the bottom. He was like, we should do this again. Do you want to go out like Friday night or something? Like, do you want to go hang out sometime? I was like, are you, are you, 
Are you no. fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And then he went to the same college as uh, one of my five and she made out with him. And I was like, I'm jealous as shit. I'm going to need all the details. I'm glad one of us did that. I'm glad it was. Right, right, I'm, right. I'm happy for one of us, at least. Kept it in the family. Oh, got it. God. Stupid, dumbass I'm, teenagers. I'm trying, I'm trying to read Coach Castleton's face. Like, I feel like he's like vaguely interested. It's like when you see Roadkill and you're like, huh, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually a little taken aback by anything Boss says. Um, and then we go to the community site and we have another Chambers in there, like validating yeah. Boss's position. And I'm like, am, am I on the same like plane <laughs> no. of existence as these people? No. Like, like, the, the most recent one was Boss was... Uh, at this national concert, the aforementioned concert in Phoenix, which was bummed out because she couldn't steal a glass from the uh, the bar she was at. She was at a brewery, a cute little glass, and then she she mentions that well, she had done such quality flirting with the bartender, he would have given it to her. It wasn't even going to be a, a theft thing, which I'm sure was disappointing to her since she's got that Cretan blood. And um, yeah, she didn't like it. She wanted to fracture the. This is, I mean, listen, I like your rebellious nature, boss. I really do. I like that you fight the system. Um, but she did not had not brought. And correct me if I'm wrong here, boss. You brought the uh, the concert, the show size purse, yes, for easy transport, which yes. wouldn't facilitate the. You're just going to put a glass into it, right? Yeah, no, it was just too small. And then it turned out that actually you needed to have a clear bag anyway. So I had to go back to my hotel and switch up for the clear bag. I should have just brought a big purse with me to Phoenix. I only brought a small one, like a little clutch size thing. I just couldn't fit it in there. And, and I was amazed yeah. by that. And then a I posted like on the Rebecca community site. never does. Wait, Wait sorry, coach. What'd you say? I said you, you, you opted for, you should have gone with the big purse over the clutch like Rebecca did he, when she went on a date with Sam. He, every time. I have no idea what I was thinking. It, obviously, if you end up in bed with Sam, it was the right purse. You did that well. I carried a purse for three weeks after that episode. <laughs> Just... No, Sam. Sam. Where are you? Sam? 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 Anywhere? Nothing. I feel like in our in our um, Ted Lasso uh, uh, recaps, it's been a while since Sam has been anything. Doesn't it feel like I kind of miss huh. Sam? Yeah. Like, think about it. Sam has been out of the mainstream since like virtually the Ola days, like it's just, it's almost like I just barely, right? Huh. Think about when's the last time we really featured Sam or talked about Sam? Well, it's almost like they landed his like plane first or if not first kind of like as they were like, all right, we got to like start wrapping this thing up. It does feel like that was about when like, yeah, he had some moments, but like he was pretty much where he was going to be at that. Right, and then they were like, "Oh, let's leave it alone. We're we're gonna get out of this without without being labeled as bigots." Uh, don't. This is what don't. they did, and they're like, "You know what? Let's fuck with some white guys." Like, <laughs> I knew it. these I guys knew are it. perfect. They are perfect. <laughs> Sam Obasanya is a perfect character. Check. Right. Plus done. You know what? We have two yeah, right. other perfect characters. Why that's, don't we? Why don't we fuck with them? That's funny. I okay. Can't. I, I think I kind of started this, so I guess I have to. I have to so where it. we pick up today is um, a doorbell rings and Keely opens. Wait, hold on, boss. Were you, what? Were you about to say something? Yeah, boss? Jesus no. Christ! I know, I know, I know. You're so sick of me already. I'm gonna. You're gonna have to cut me from the rest of it. It's just gonna be. 
minutes of silence. Um, uh, no. So I looked up Sam to see if he had been working on something else, if that was the reason why maybe he was off filming something. Um, apparently there is a TV show called The Power that stars everybody I love, including Tahib Jamo. Is that how we pronounce the last name? Yeah, that okay. seems about right. Tony yeah. Collette, John Leguizamo, Eddie Marson, fucking Josh Charles is here. I goddamn love Josh Charles. I've never heard of this show. I'm not saying it's going to be the next one, but I'm saying if anybody has any information about it, yeah. please contact That's, me and let me know if I need to watch it, this. Is it out yet? Is it, or is yeah. it just coming? No, oh, it's it's, out. it was out in April of this year. Is this Certainly the one? I, I think it, I think we mentioned this. So I said that yes, I think I think we mentioned in season two. We said um, uh, uh, we said that I saw a Tohib Jimo play uh, um, uh, you know for some trailer for something, and I said it just wasn't ready. It was not ready for him to be Sam. I do He's remember a beautiful you saying man. that. But so if this is the one, it looked terrible. Oh, did it? I, mean, I don't know how you put Josh Charles in anything and make and it's and it's terrible. Josh Charles is is fa- but you oh, never Lord. did you ever see Sports Night, boss? Yes. Have, have we not talked about this? I feel like we might have because yeah. as, as that question sparked, I knew you had. So why? <laughs> yeah, and coach, you have not, right? I have watched the trailer, maybe like a, a few of the first episodes. Really liked it, but didn't return to it. Yeah, and I would like to mention I, yeah. uh, Josh Charles's character, Dan Rydell. Lots of trauma, fucking a shit ton. And the second he started talking about it, I was like, "That's it. That's why." Oh yeah, I, come to mama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I, I love Sportsman. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, Sports Night. For those who don't know, first of all, if you have not seen Sports Night, um, you're so lucky. You are so lucky because you have a great show waiting for you whenever you want it. I'll tell you the key to Sports Night. It, first of all, it's uh, Aaron Sorkin before he was Aaron Sorkin. So it was Aaron Sorkin before he took himself too seriously, pre-West Wing. Yeah. Um, sort of parallels the the rise of Sports Center, but on a completely different show. Uh, Robert Guillaume, who else is in it? Um uh it is uh Josh Charles and it is um uh, Peter Krause and uh, uh, Peter Felicity Pratt Huffman and yep. um, that's who I was trying to think of, Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman, she's great. Yeah, it's an excellent show. Um the key to, to sports night to getting through sports night, um is people will tell you sports night's amazing and the first episodes are first four episodes are super not amazing <laughs> they're like a very finding your way oregon trail-esque like i'm not sure what we know what we are yet but then when you get past those there's a moment where you'll buy in there's a scene that happens where you go oh oh jesus christ like this is this is trying to be something different whether or not it actually is it's trying to be something different, and if you can get past that, um, which is, I think, the end of the fourth episode or so, uh, don't quote me, it's been a while, but I remember the first four were, were a little bit of a slog, and once I got through it, I thought, wow, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen, um, and, and that hasn't been usurped all these years later. I still think it's right up there. That makes a ton of sense, because my recollection of it isn't like, oh my goodness, it was the genius of all genius, but that I found myself leaning in like, oh, well, this is this is interesting. You've got my attention. So it makes, that that actually adds up. Maybe I'll jump back in there one day and, and, and see how I feel about the rest. Yeah, no, that makes sense, Coach. Uh, you probably, 
didn't get through that, you know, the, the tutorial section uh, of the game. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, no, no, it's really, it's it's high quality. Maybe, maybe at some point we'll, we'll add, it to the, add it to the docket. It, it certainly fits inside of our um, mandate on this show. It has the right themes. It has the right, it's definitely trying to do something differently. It's trying to make a statement. It's trying to look beyond the surface level of things. Um, yeah, it's very good. Like, very, very good. Um, but yeah, Josh Charles, whew, Dan Rydell, man, mm-hmm. what a character, what a character. Peter Krause, too, amazing. Like, he was, I mean, the two of them together, wow, it was, Felicity was great. Everyone was great. Yeah, Casey McCall, Casey McCall and Dan Rydell. Casey McCall, yes. Dan Rydell. Yep. Obviously, Dan yeah. Girl, but I, I understand the Casey thing. Yeah, yeah, oh no, for sure. He's, he's a looker. Um, uh, and, and and people love that detached sort of un, un, unavailable, emotionally unavailable tall tall man. It's like a it's, yeah, it's very common. I mean, I don't like him tall, but yes, I I do understand. Bless you, you're the one. Thank you. <laughs> I swear to God, if you're above five eleven, just don't <laughs> even talk to me. Is that right? Yes. Oh, I don't. That I did not know. Interesting. I love a short king. Uh, uh, Jeremy Allen White is like five foot six. I would put him in my pocket and just take him out yeah, when I needed him. Yeah, that's wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, also the halo effect. We talked on the show very uh, many many times about how humans are predisposed to tr- trust um, uh, handsome people uh, over uh, less attractive people, and that is a biological uh, uh, distinction. Uh, they call that the halo effect. Uh, it, it is uh, similar for um, height. Mm-hmm. People are predisposed to trust tall people uh, over short people. So another another way that your your brain doesn't work properly, boss. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I, uh, listen, I, I'm uh, for it. I, 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 I'm, I'm I'm vertically challenged myself, so I so I I don't <laughs> I don't uh, I don't I don't knock it, but it, it very very atypical. Uh, I should say that my halo effect. Is that Pablo Schreiber is six foot five, and I would climb him like a tree, even though he's too tall. Him and um, Alexander Skarsgård, only only tall men, I will allow. Yeah, well, he's a beaut. He's a beaut. I like I, climb climbing like a tree was fun to hear, and then but what, <laughs> it reminded me actually Marsha Warfield, who like if life is long enough, like or life is long enough that you just have these bizarre things. So I'm now Facebook friends. And have actively interacted with Marsha Warfield, who I used to watch on Night Court and just laugh. So it's just too much sometimes. But we are friends. Like we are Facebook oh, friends. We have interact. I mean, she's not going to invite me. No, to Thanksgiving, but still, but we, yeah, we have conversed. So one of the things that we conversed about is when I first connected with her, I was like, I have to tell you, like I saw you. I remember seeing your stand up. You were like on one of those like the hot new comics on HBO, and she did this joke where she said Magic Johnson was in the, the thing and she said that she thought of Magic Johnson like a mountain because she, you know, she, you know, she would just climb to the stop, the top and just sit there, which come on, man, that is goddamn funny. Yes. And so even yeah. if like whatever I was 12, 13, I was like, that's fucking that's funny. <laughs> and like whatever. Like, all right, well done. And so I, but here's the crazy part. I quoted that to her. And she's now open, you know, openly gay out, whatever. And she said, she's, she, I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing, but she said, yeah, that, though, that's a joke from before I was being true to myself. 
Oh, wow. And then I felt like an asshole. Like, I didn't do yeah. anything. Like, you said a thing. I found God, it funny. What but then jerk. I felt like an asshole. Like, I was, like, shoving her back in the closet or something. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I won't like that joke anymore. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, but I still remember just thinking, it was like, think about it. It had to have been, I mean, if it's Facebook, it had to be over 20 years later. And, and the remember, minute yes. I saw her, that joke was, like, mm-hmm. bang. Like, I just, like, right there. Anyway. Nice. So yeah, that's good. There you Hanging go. out on, on Facebook and dead naming. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Dead naming exactly. <laughs> there you go. Exactly right. <laughs> Anyone else's life you want to ruin? That's yeah, <laughs> real. Oh boy, we got a show today. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let, let's let's dive right in. It's only it's go. only been uh, been a minute here, and we can still uh, talk about Keely and Roy and Jamie. Ugh. Do we have to? Okay, but listen, it's, here's the thing. Th- okay, but okay, perfect. Good. Yes. That let's start right there. Yes. Do we have to? You're sighing and you are the apologist for this show. Oh and, yeah. No, and, no. And, and it's like and that's what I'm saying. It is it, 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 it tell me what is more indicative that that this is an error, an actual error, more than you <laughs> like the 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 you're you, like if you could be the the god Eros with with a, a you know in, a, in flying around with wings shooting love arrows about Ted Lasso and everybody you would yeah because you I love it so. so much and even still you're like ah shit if we said we all know what happens in the scene everyone listening knows what happens, right, happens right. in the scene everybody uh, in our staff knows what happened okay should we talk about it? I understand. Here's what I would. Here's well, what like, I would fuck, can we actually skip? Yeah, can we do that? Can we actually do that? For the first can we time, do that? Let's say fuck allowed? it and and hit fast forward. Well, but but here, so here's what I will share about it, though. and I I totally hear you. I think my painful is different in that. For me, it's painful like when you have a friend who makes a certain kind of mistake, and you're like. You're all set this time, yes. And then you watch them make the mistake again, or whatever. Like it's not. I don't. I for me, it really is. These guys took a step backwards, and that happens in life. Like that really is my experience of it, and I get why that's not every. That's not everyone's experience of it. I get all the things, but like for me, it's it's more that it's like, oh no, Roy, come on, man. But it's not I I don't find myself feeling like they ruined the character. It's just painful to watch somebody I love backslide, essentially. You know? But I, I, I understand and I understand the distinction you make with what they did with Sam because they really right. did leave Sam alone. I mean, you're right about that. And I guess I hadn't thought of it in those terms. But yeah, I you know Well, you have the luxury of of, of seeing it in those terms. You have the privilege of being a black man in America. <laughs> it's like there they go again making sure the black character gets all the good stuff <laughs> oh shit um, but yeah so but no yeah. I, I I understand why it's upset but that that really is my experience of it. and I guess I think of it in my own life things that I've like alright I've worked on that alright we're past that and then I do whatever dumb thing it is again and I'm like God damn it! You know, so anyway. I, I worked with this uh, coach one time, and she was great. She had no formal training, but she would get like 600 bucks an hour 
because she would, she was like a celebrity sort of uh, coach, if that makes any sense. She would do C-level executives and mm-hmm, celebrities. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and she had such a great reputation. She was just so good at it that nobody cared about her pedigree. They were just like, she, uh, you know, it was amazing. So I, I went and um, I got like this complimentary session and I just wanted to, I didn't pay for it. Right. Um, but um, but I, I wanted to hear how she does it. And then she was like, oh, it's all about pattern recognition. It has nothing to do with like therapy or anything. You just listen to what people say and then they will tell you even in how they say it. So if they're like, uh, you say, all right, tell me what's going on. What, what brought you here? Well, you know, I was, had to deal with my mom. She's a bitch, you know. And then, like, I'm just sick of her, you know, teeing off on me. And then I go to work and I'm like, my boss, oh, she's such a bitch. And then I go, and you're like, dude, you're everybody in your life is, you know, it's like, it's so obvious. She's like, I don't know why this is hard for everybody. I don't know why I get paid this much. All I do is just listen to what you're telling me. And then I tell it back to you. Well, do you realize that you have this pattern? Everyone goes, no. And 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 the, the more complicated cases are, when you talk about coach, I love how you're alluding to people screwing up. And then you root for them. And you go, hey, man, you good this time? And they go, yeah, yeah, I'm good this time. Oftentimes it's not that they're not doing any work and they're not trying. It's that they're making the same uh, decision or the same mistake in a different way. The, the, the decision, the pattern of That's the decision-making right. is still right. there, but That's now right. it's migrated to their personal life. Right. And then, or it's migrated to their professional or it's migrated to their self-awareness or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's a matter of being able to distinct, distinct, uh, distinguish that pattern and say, well, have you noticed this? And just point out, did you notice your? That's all. And she's like, "This is literally all I do. I, I don't. I, I probably shouldn't get this much, whatever. But like, she's like, but I tell everybody this is what I'm doing. I'm not lying about it. And they, they cannot do it. Other people cannot see it because it's enough of a chameleon once it shifts um, to a different part of their life that either they're not able to distinguish it from other other uh, behaviors, or no one else in their life can say, "You realize you just did the same That's thing." That's the same thing, right? yeah. Yeah, no, it's ab- no, absolutely. And <clears throat> it's amazing, both from my own work and then the work I do with people, how true that can be. And so, yeah, starting to look for like, forget all the details. Like for me, if I'm feeling like challenged, like fight, I get a tingle in my arms. That's a real thing. So if I'm getting pissed off sometimes, like I feel a tingle. Like, so I've just learned to recognize that tingle in my arms. And I'm like, okay. Like, okay, so is this a situation where I really need to be that way? Or do I need to, like, get out of here? Or do I need to just, like, relax yeah. for a second? Because yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's sometimes finding other pieces around it. And I talk to people all the time. I'm like, all right, we're just going to build a strategy around. Oh, when I get in meetings, I'll know the answer, but I won't speak up. So I'm like, okay, boom. So what usually, how do you usually feel? At the moment you realize you know the answer. Oh, well, I feel blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. So when you feel that, that is our trigger for this strategy. You don't do your instincts anymore on that. You just, you the minute you feel that, you follow these five steps that we've agreed upon together and let's see what happens. And almost always they're like, oh my God, I spoke up and blah, 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 or whatever <laughs> the thing is. You know what I mean? Right, right. But no, it's no, because no, we, we're yeah. trying to think our way through it. I'm like, you're getting a ton of signals before you even know that's what's going on. So like, let's look for those. No, no, you're right. And this is, this is your world coach. And, and uh, I've learned a lot from you in this era. You know, it, I'll tell you that 
you know, I gave an obvious uh, example, but sometimes it's, it's not, the patterns aren't as obvious. Sometimes it'll be like, you'll listen to someone and they're, you seem like they seem like they're very grounded or something. And then you go, wait a second. Do you realize that in every one of these examples, you've been victimized? You know what I mean? Or you've chosen Mm -hmm. to, uh, let's say, you know, I do this for these people. I do this for this. You say, oh, well, do you realize you've prioritized them over you and every single one, you know, so it's, it could be much more subtle and it takes a better coach to sort of see that. Um, with regard to uh, Jamie and Roy, you, you just listen. I know why you're, you're saying part part of you sighing going, shit, do we have to talk about this is, you know, what where I'm coming from. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah, feel yeah, right. No. You don't want to hear it. I don't blame you. I don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, you know, I hate this part of it because I love I love, love, love these characters, love these guys. I talk all the time about how what a what a tremendous accomplishment this show is, even in terms of the fact listen, for those people that don't that aren't active writers who don't spend time writing or creating or sort of coming up with something out of the ether from scratch, I cannot tell you how difficult it is to make one good character, one memorable character. And this show has so many that and I've said this many times before, if if all of us, all of the listening community of this podcast, if the Buttercups, we got together and we said, okay, any scene in the world, we're going to put three people, um, you know, you could, you could do like a, like a format, um, like an improv format where you go to the audience and say, give me, give me a situation. Oh, I don't know. Uh, NASA, they're going to take off in a, in a space shuttle. Great. We got four characters in the space shuttle. This, any one of the people who have seen this show could tell you, okay, it's Rebecca, it's Roy, it's uh, Kitman Will. And it's Keely. And like, what are their, what are they going to say in the, in the space shuttle? Everybody could say, it. everybody could, could fill in the blanks because they're so well drawn. And that's, that's a, it's, it's, I'm glad you presented it that way because that is absolutely a test of how well you've created a character. At one point when I was, um, this is not a name drop. I'm not even sure they exist anymore. Um, but I was at DreamWorks TV as an intern back in my like, film school days. And so they like teaching me a lot of shit. Like I'm really, you know, yeah. one of the things they taught me, I remember Mad City, they were like, you want to develop the characters so well that you start getting two laughs. You get a laugh on the cut to the character. And then everyone who loves the show knows the joke that's coming. And then the character says the joke and you get a second and bigger laugh and that's when you and i was like oh my god and now as i watch shows the shows that really work and how do that and how many times have we felt that way how many times you've been like and i yep we knew beard <laughs> i mean we knew beard was gonna do something like that you know and and it it, it intensifies it. so anyway i couldn't agree with you more that these characters are like uh, amazingly well drawn when when you get around um people in the industry who do this professionally. And, and there are these people um, who we have several of them in our friend group coach who um, they'll just tell like, okay, I remember Bill Lawrence saying this with his kids. He said, watch a show with his kids. He'd have the remote in his, in his hand and they would do a setup for a joke and he would pause it and go, okay, what's the payoff? They say like, what you can, cause you can tell if you watch enough television, if, you, if you've written scrubs, you know what I mean? You can say, okay, it can only be one of these three jokes based on how you set it up. So which way are you going to go? And then he would say, I think it's going to be this. And he'd press play. And it was that every time. And, and, and you get these joke smiths who will sort of abs, they're fun. They're so, it's so insightful. 
um, especially coach, you as a stand-up, being on stage with a career, people don't understand the craft that goes into one joke, just one goddamn joke. Oh my god, it, it is crazy. And and more so than hard. the payoff, people have no conceptualization of how difficult the setup is and what goes into like how important, how much heavy lifting your setup does to allow for that payoff mm-hmm. to work on every single level and hit all those, check all those boxes. Um, and so when you get characters like Roy and you get characters like Jamie, who you just go over and over and over again for many years, uh, you know, three, three seasons, right. Mm-hmm. Have just keep hitting. They keep hitting all these, all these, uh, you know, bam, 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 fireworks every time to put them in this situation. Okay. It's a choice, but you just say, man, like, Wow! Like, did we have to? Like, can we? I hear you. <sighs> I don't want to be a prima donna about it, but I hear you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, but no, but absolutely no. I got you on that. And and sort of in the in the scene as we threaten to at some point in this episode actually engage the uh, show. When that door opens, and we see those two. And we well, I guess we see Keely, and then we see these two idiots. You just uh, right, like you know what's happened. Yeah, you made. We all made the sound you just made, where we all go. Uh, right, like it. it was just like, oh no, no, and then and then you thought it was a good idea. Like this is the thing you like finish fighting, and then you go, we will never speak of this again. Like, we can't. We certainly can never let her know that this happened. But what did these two idiots do? <laughs> they went to her house. It was like, oh, my God. You know, so I didn't love the scene, obviously. Um, a thing that is getting me about it is that I know that Brendan Hunt in his Ask Me Anything on Reddit said that this happened because people are fallible and you improve. And then sometimes you have a misstep and you take a step back and then you need to figure it out and move on from there. Like even within the the lasso way, you're not going to get people doing things exactly right. 100% of the time. I think that what is missing for me is not that they have this scene, but that they don't really have a scene after this where Jamie and Roy sort of hash this out. Like I was just looking back through the, the rest of the episode they talk to Keely, the door closes, you know, when we get to it, when she kicks them out and says like, I'm not fucking around with any of this, where I wanted them to kind of be like, oh yeah, no, we fucked that up. We were really stupid to do that. Let's not do that again. And I don't know if they ever get around well, to they, that part. They only, they only say that. It, it, yes. Like, I mean, like they say. Like, right. But, but, but yeah, I think you're right that we don't dig into like, okay, but do you actually, it's like with a little kid when they're like, oh, I messed up. And you're like, do you understand like what you actually did wrong, what the mistake was? Yeah. Yeah. They don't do that. No, yeah. like it, it looks like, I guess, I mean, not to jump to the end of the scene already, but uh, they both sigh. Are you hungry? Well, you're still in training, but you can watch me eat a kebab like Jamie and Roy. Like they decide that they're going to be friends, but they don't ever really talk about what they just did and why that was a fuck up. And I don't need them to like break it out piece by piece and being like, oh, well, we treated Keely like an object rather than Mm -hmm. going to her as a Mm -hmm. all that shit. Like you don't need to say that, but I do need you to give me a little bit more that you understand what you did, that you get it. Yeah, no, I got you. That that I, I hear that. 
Boston. And I do. Oh, yeah, go ahead, coach. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I think that too, it's sort of like issues colliding because I think also we've talked about, did they just need four seasons? Right. Or like, and, yes. and, and sort of the sense that like there wasn't enough, there wasn't enough space for what was happening. And, and maybe this is a, a, a function of that. I could see if you know how much story is left to be told, I could see getting to that moment outside the door and being like, let's get them the hell out of there. Yes. Yeah. And, and something, yeah, some, 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 some connective tissue was then missing. We, we take a lot of pride in, in looking at every perspective. So I'll tell you that there was this, I, you know, I, I have some behind the scenes knowledge, but this is not coming from that behind the scenes knowledge. What I'm, what I'm saying is if you're an Apple executive and you say, okay, we got this superstar hit show and we have taken a celebrity and given him the reins. Um, we've put a, we put a governor on him. We've also attached him with a, with a legit old school showrunner who knows what they're doing, tried and true. And then that showrunner basically leaves or is ousted at the beginning of the third season, at which time every episode doubles, right? You go, okay, the, you could say, listen, like, first of all, now we're not in necessarily good hands. It's it, that's, that's one way to look at it. You could also say um, with that extra time, we're also getting, uh, you know, Jack, uh, you know, you mean the character, but also you could have just said you're getting Jack. And I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, that makes sense. Well, you're getting these tangential. I resent that I laughed at that joke. We're get- and I, that is some besmirchifying <laughs> of my you're, show. <laughs> you're getting some, you're getting some KJPR. You get, so it's like, okay, is, is the minute by minute, uh, importance of the plot choice of, of all the you know various plot choices are they do they hold the same value as they did in season one or or some would say season two when, when i really like that boss brought up the the brendan hunt ama and and i was going to allude to something else where he said oh we in the sh- in the in the writer's room thought it would be cool because i love triangle always ends up with two people together and i thought what if this one didn't and so Okay, so that's that's a sort of a separate issue. When you look at a piece of artwork, it doesn't matter. Let's say we, we go to a, a museum, the three of us, we go to a museum, and we look at a painting on the wall, and it really jumps out at all three. We go, oh, my God, this is beautiful, right? We have gotten something from the artist one-on-one using that medium. Now, if we go read an article on the artist, and we say, the artist artist says, yes, I, I, this was an attack on on all women. I hate women. You go, Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Then you get something else, but it doesn't, but, but like it's, it's almost not congruent with, with the whole goal of allowing the medium to speak for itself. So when we watch this show and we say the medium is speaking for itself and we see these guys make bonehead decisions, it's easy to say, okay, wait a second. I think this is an error. Um, and then when you read the now, now you go outside the medium and you get Brendan Hunt saying, "Oh, this was a conscious choice." Now, these these two sort of these are two, two separate things. It's almost like the, the 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 Brendan Hunt AMA is almost ancillary to the whole thing because we've our goal here has been to talk about the experience we've had as viewers watching the show and experiencing that. Go ahead, Coach. No, I was going to say interestingly, or maybe not so interestingly, interesting to me at least, but. I did have, I, Orlando, did have the intended experience. 
like he's saying, oh, people are fallible. They fall. Like I didn't necessarily think, oh, I want them to be a triangle, although I like the triangle. But like I actually did have that experience of like, yeah, sometimes you're going the right way and it doesn't go in a straight line. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So I actually did have that experience. Neither of you did, though, and I think that's okay. Well, that actually, it that, seems like it's probably a minority of the audience that did. I was going to say, if if we continue to give the writers writers room credit, the the when you make this choice, let's say it's a conscious choice, and they say, "Yeah, we knew this was you know this is was, was going to be the reaction," but we were trying to make a statement like, as good as men can get, they can still be stupid fucking men, and. You know what? That's one of the themes of this show, of this podcast, is we we highlight that all the time. So it's not that far afield from all the things that that we hold to be, uh, you know, part of a, of a of a higher truth. Um, we've talked about how we try to be good men, and we still screw up all the time. And you know, that's okay. Maybe that's what they're that's the thing that they're trying to say as well. But it the nature of it left me a little cold where I was like, ah, they could scrub about 15 other things, but not that, like not this. I wish they hadn't picked this to be the thing. And then it was like, Gosh. so collectively stupid, you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't just like stupid in, in a little, little enclave. That's it was like, true. They, tr- they had the same moment of, yeah, of backsliding. I get you on that. Yeah. I, I think maybe that is the part that got to me about this. Number one, I do like that the love triangle didn't, end up resolved in a way that we would expect it to be. Also, you could have gone for a throuple. Just going to throw that out there. Like who, who would be better uh, husband brothers? Is that what we would call them? Then Roy and Jamie. I like that. Yeah. If we're going to have I've sister wives. Uh, oh, sister wives. So I guess brother husbands. Man, brother either husbands, way. Yeah. Um, or it, we could have resolved it in a way where Keely made sure that she was – it. it going out of her way to explain to them we are not going to be having a romantic thing like we are friends now we are going to figure this out i think the reason that it felt disappointing is because this was their entire arc the two of them jamie and roy together like we saw them fighting in the beginning and then we saw them fighting at the end and what happened in between there like it it isn't that it feels like it was wasted motion it's the idea of what were you doing the whole time if we were going to end up with you guys fighting over Keely? Back here. And I think that that's why I needed a little mm-hmm. bit more of a resolve because the answer is we did hate each other. We became friends. There is this issue with Keely. We're going to resolve this issue with Keely. And then we're going to continue being friends because this is how we are getting better with each other. So I, I just, I understand the backslide. I don't have a problem with the backslide. I have an issue with, how the backslide was done. How it was executed. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so, all right. So we've got, you know, the immediate fucking hell, which by the way, I think if we're going to the friendship piece, I think actually does work as a, cause that, if there's one phrase that the three of them have used throughout, right. Um, to which, and this is where the generation piece of it got interesting. He, Roy says he's fine. Which I'm like, huh. Like, so built into this dynamic they have going on is his understanding that she's not worried about... If these two have a fight, her concern is not about Roy's safety. So it's almost like dad-son kind of like or something. There's something interesting there. Um, We cut. We're inside now. We're on Keeley. All right. You're going to tell me what happened? 
did you stop a mugging? Like, we know at this point that she's like, I know this is going to be profoundly stupid. Um, and and I, I, by the way, it's a, in an episode of Bookmarks, this is exactly the same position they were in when they came to her with the coffee and the, um, yes. they're sitting at the table in the, in the same, the same position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call. So, and, and I did notice that, um, Roy's, uh, ice pack of choice seemed to be a bag of peas just to add that to the mix. Yes. Uh, right. Um, all right. You're going to tell me what happened. Did you stop a mugging rescue some puppies from a burning building? Uh, then do you want to after you? And so now they are going to explain what has happened. We got in a fight about you. You what? So already Keely's like, oh dear. We got in a fist fight over who gets to be with you. We just thought, what are we, Neanderthals? So I love this. Like, it's almost self awareness. <laughs> I'm like, how could you? What? Yeah, especially after the fight. Like, yeah, like, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I no, it's just, I remember, I don't watch uh, a lot of reality TV. Top Chef is about it. Mm-hmm. But I remember mm-hmm. seeing a clip uh, from the Kardashian show, whichever iteration it was, where I am pretty sure that, uh, Kim and Courtney, maybe. I don't know one of them. Anyway, as adults, one of them hits the other one. Like not a punch, not a slap, but like in the arm, the way that you would hit your sibling when you were kids. And I thought, you are grown-ups. Like you are grown women. You have children. You have bank accounts. How are you hitting your sibling like that? So there's something in this part about we got into a fist fight over you, over who gets to be with you. And then we thought, what are we, Neanderthals? Like, yeah, because you got into a fist fight. You can't get into a fist fight over a woman and then be like, oh, no, 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 we're too advanced for this. You you ripped his shirt. Like, what the fuck? So, so, yeah, so the, the, the piece of, like, what are we, Neanderthals? Yeah, and we're not. It's like, no, actually, you are. Maybe you're aspiring to not be Neanderthals now, but apparently you are. So no, I'm with I'm with you on that. Um, but then, unfortunately, they don't go straight from uh, Neanderthal to full on Homo sapien because, yeah, and they're not. So we came up with a better idea. And Keely, this is one of my favorite is jokes, and it's not a ha ha joke. It, but in this episode, certainly, and maybe broader, she says quietly and knowing what she's about to f- hear, please don't say it. And she doesn't say it loudly enough for it to be a command. It's really like verbalized cringing. It's almost like a prayer. It, yeah. Almost please, like, oh, no. please, please don't, please don't say it. <laughs> please don't Come say on. it. It's right. You should just pick and you just can feel it. I felt it in my, in the room I was in watching it. Like you just really screwed up. Yeah. You pick which one of us you want to end up with. And then that's that. And then a moment I love bish bash bosh. Bob's your uncle. As if they're both like, aren't we clever? Aren't we smart? We came up with it. We figured it out. We, we considered your needs and came up with the idea <laughs> that you should just pick. Also, 
I don't know how to tell you how unattractive it is to have somebody come to you and say, you have to decide if we are in a relationship now. Not just not just because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to decide that, like, give me a fucking break. But also, I don't want to have to decide that. Like, being in a relationship in the beginning, is it, it, it you do make a choice. But also, there is like, sure. like, am right. I, do I feel compelled to do this? Do I want to be here? Right. How serious is this? Are we going to end up together? Or is this something that fizzles out after a certain amount of time? Like, Mm-hmm. It, given that she has been in a serious relationship with both of them, she might know what she's getting herself into. But also, you kind of want to figure out what's happening as it goes. You don't want to be like, oh, I I am your girlfriend now? Great. Lovely. Wonderful to hear that. Well, it's funny that you, you point that out. And now we're really just going to break the uh, buttercup time continuum. Because I'm thinking of Wayne. And and that sort of like conversation they have, which is actually age appropriate for them. That they're like, oh, are we going to be? And no, and it's awkward, but it's like, yeah, because you haven't really done this before. And so you're figuring it all out. But yes, there's something about adult men sitting there that way that is um, it's okay, concerning. But, okay, right. But this, is, this goes back to my point. Um, I will play the role of clueless man. Uh, very far off field from from what I normally am, and um, stretch. Right. <laughs> so totally not typecast. Um, and say first of all, who's teaching men any of these things? Uh, one of the boss. I'm gonna. I need you. I'm gonna recruit you for this for this uh, exercise because one thing that came out of okay, they're trying to uh, they're trying to illuminate the stupidity of men. And they're trying to cast a light on it and say why this is wrong. Except I was reading uh, comments after this episode aired and like there were a tremendous, I mean, tremendous amount of men going, wait a second. Like, what did they do so wrong? They Like, they're not objectifying her. They are giving her the the place of honor in the decision making process. Like, what, what more could they have done? Uh, to to show her how important she was to the situation than like they weren't hiding anything they didn't say oh there's no skullduggery they're coming out they're trying to be like real men and say this is an issue we're having and now we want you know your input to see like is this is this cool with either one of us and it missed a lot of people like it like and so what 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 sort of connective tissue um, do men miss when you when you look at this scene? What, what is what is the uh, the uh, foundational underlayment where they've missed something along the way, so that then when they get to this thing, they don't they don't see they don't recognize that this is uh, inappropriate. Well, there are a few things. The first of which is even though they say they put Keely in the decision making seat or whatever she gets to be the one in charge and makes this decision uh telling her that she has to make the decision is already deciding something for her like you right, if you make right. somebody else choose you are giving them a command in some way like showing up at her door and saying you need to pick between one of the two of us and then we're going to be in a relationship isn't the good guy move a lot of people are going to assume that it is that's not how you do things like even if they had come through and said like we both want to date you so if you are interested 
we would like you to date both of us. And then we could figure out from here how that moves. Like, but what they said was, we have decided you are going to be in a monogamous relationship with one of us. And now you have to pick. That part. That part. That wait, wait, somehow, wait, wait. We've eliminated the rest of, of, of humanity yeah. as options for you. Yeah. In this room is the finishing combination or the end combination. So, you know, you get, we've narrowed it down yes. to the two of us. Yes. And we've decided that we can live with either of those outcomes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And much, yeah. much the way that um, when women of previous generations went to school, they got to decide if they wanted to be a nurse or a teacher. Both. You you have the world. What are you upset with? You can be either one. That's true. Either one of those That's jobs true. we decided was okay for you. Um, and Castleton, I could feel that you were already getting upset because you want to know if that is in fact what they did. What they say is you pick which one of us you want to end up with, not which one of us you want to date or which one of us you think you're interested in, which one of us you want to end up with is the actual mm-hmm. line. This is very much a, you are going to be in love with one of us, pick which one. Okay. So that's the main, uh, that's not, okay. Um, this is, this is actually interesting. It's getting to a different point than what I was making, but so you're, issue with that is that they they have decided for her that so it's an illusory uh, decision making process they're pretending she has a decision but they are saying we've eliminated all the other candidates and it's going to be one of us and this is what you guys have a problem with in this situation in this scene is is that is that the key part is that the most important part well i'll say I got this. I certainly thought that was Keeley's biggest issue with it. I mean, if that's if 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 we're judging from there, um, yeah, I would I would say that was that was a that was a key piece. I also think if you're one of these guys and you know Keeley, what would make you think that going over there, ripped shirts and all, was the state in which she was going to turn to either of you and go, oh yeah. This is how I want to spend the rest of my life. Basically, cleaning up a guy who looks like he just got in a schoolyard scrap. Yeah. It, like, this is no longer a, you're with a guy who loves mushy peas because he's so old. This is a, you have to be mother and solve the fight between the two of us. I, I wouldn't care for that either. I assume, yeah, you fish, know, I hello, like the mother piece. Bosh, Bob's your uncle. I like, I like the mother piece because it does feel more like that. Uh, yeah, it kind of feels like because, the, the little boys got into a fight, and now mommy and now, needs to decide. Mommy needs to solve it. Sort out to solve the problem. There is there is that element to it. And oh, let me tell you, there is nothing that gets a straight woman hotter than a man who acts like her child. That is exactly oh. what we want. We wa- yeah. we want to have to dress you. And tell you what to order at a restaurant and remind you of your allergies. We cannot get enough of that shit. Super hot. Well, let me tell you something. How Daphne manages to be that turned on and get so much work done. I'll never know. Ooh, Orlando, make sure you make that doctor's appointment. Yeah, daddy. I, I mean... All the time. Every day. I'm I'm gonna (laughs) have to. Forgot to to wash the dishes. Ooh, baby. (laughs) I I feel really sad saying this, but there is a part where when you said that she reminds you to make your own doctor's appointment, 
that I'm like, well, that's a good, that's, that's, a, actually good, not- that's a good step. That's a, that's a good start. If you are making the doctor's that's appointment. Funny. That's funny. Actually, she, she hasn't had to do that in quite some time. Oh, I'm not saying it's never happened. No, but, but I did think it did, it did strike me as a funny way to express it, but no, I know I, I hear you. And yes. And that is a thing I have heard women talk about, like oh actually describing their spouse, their male spouse as an additional child. child. Like I have, you know, if they have three kids. Uh, like, I oh, see, I have yeah. four kids all together. I see it all the time. Yeah, no, no, literally. I see it all That's the time. That's a real... Yeah, it's, yeah. And it... I, I'm telling you, there's something here. There's something very... There's a, something about what's going on in this world today inside of this exact dynamic. And because we talk about how women cannot win, absolutely cannot win in this world. And we fundamentally... It's a fundamental core belief of this show, this podcast, women cannot win. And, and so, yes. In addition yes, to that... that that, no, I'm not. I'm not saying, but I'm saying yes. That mm-hmm. is a fact. Okay, good. And 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 I fully believe that with every fiber of my being. In addition to that, you have. Okay, when when you were talking about that, boss, I started thinking. The only time men feel that safe is historically. You know, some of us didn't have the greatest moms in the world. Um, I, I, I don't know if I ever felt that safe. <laughs> um, I, and I love my mom and I, I wish her well and, you know, all that stuff and wh- whatever, but she wasn't always, you know, the, the warmest, softest landing kind of thing as a child. Um, uh, but for, for, I'd say for the great vast majority of, if you say like a, a your sort of typical, let's an, an idealized family, modern family, the safest of many men feel is in the presence of their mom, which is why they try to recreate that dynamic with their partners. Um, and I think there's something in there. I, I don't know if I'm going to look and see if people have explored this. I'm really curious about this as a, as a, just for, from a sociological perspective or an anthropological perspective, like what are, what is that where, because because they're, they're starting to be like whenever you get like men's rights groups and things like that, right? Whenever you get sort of like a, a reaction to how women are taking over everything, and and, and you go, "Come the fuck!" Like you just go, "That's a joke. That's you're out of touch with reality, bro." Like like you're you you could not believe the head start. Let's say women are getting one percent more. In the okay, now you don't have to be a nurse or a teacher or whatever it was you said, boss. Now you can be. You know, several other jobs, whatever. The, the 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 distance, the gap is so vast, and even inside that gap, women can't win. On it doesn't matter what the topic is, and we've gone over this ad nauseum about it does not matter one side or the other. You can all, we could we could pick any topic and put a woman at the center, and then the three of us here could tell you why she's wrong one hundred percent on either side of the spectrum. It wouldn't matter. You just t- you just tilt the scales and say, oh nope, she's a whore or mm-hmm, she's a mm-hmm. or she's a tease or what? It doesn't matter. We could do you know and, and you know we we do this all the time. So, but there's something in there, and I, and I think we're missing it fundamentally. Like like where does that vulnerability come, and where and how do we sort of address it before it becomes this toxic element that that men can't s- see past at some point. They just can't see past it. They go, I was looking at some some knob tweeted the other day and he's like oh men who cook are cucks or something i'm like what (laughs) where did you get her who hurt you fool like you know i mean you're so embarrassing but like it's a reaction to some vulnerability that they can't address or some um 
what's the what's the artificial necessity to be so you know like it's like such crazy male projection mm -hmm. that you go dude what like where is this coming from you know it's like so off the charts um, but I think there's something there that's probably not being addressed. It, well, number one, you uh, maligned men's rights activists, although uh, Star Wars had a girl. So I don't I like we're just going to pretend that that didn't happen. That's fine. But Star that, Wars had a girl. That is true. Like it was really um, hard for them. Had a girl in, 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 in the middle, yeah. in the important role, not a guy. There were dudes, yeah. but not in the important role. Uh, and then Barbie. Like we can't even talk about that. Jesus Christ. But um I think that part of what you are talking about is the fact that men are not allowed to talk about their feelings, not allowed to be vulnerable, not allowed to not be tough and in charge of all things, except with the woman with whom they are having sex. So I think that in a weird way, there is sort of a, you can be a little bit vulnerable with your mom when you're very little, because when you're very little, it's still okay to cry or get upset or be emotional. But then when you get older, you can only do that with the woman you're having sex with. And the only other time that you felt that way has been with your mom. So I'm not saying it's all an Oedipus yeah. complex, but I think that there's some weird no, shit no, where right. like yes. your emotional vulnerability means that you feel like you should be taken care of. And so you expect the woman to take care of you. And if she doesn't, you get angry because you're not, you're supposed to feel okay when you're vulnerable. Like you have to feel vulnerable and sad, vulnerable and upset, like not just vulnerable and good, but vulnerable and bad. No, men hate that. Men fucking hate that. And so that it does become a, I feel safe with you. You need to take care of me. I prefer it when we talk about issues men have that really aren't front and center in my own life. <laughs> This, yeah. yeah, this is uncomfortable. Too, too close to home. I don't really like it. I'm not really enjoying Listen, this the, part. This is the, you make you make great points, boss. Yeah, no, it's good. And, and yet, and yet, we also have. I think I'm in, 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 in as progressive a relationship as you can be. And you know, Juliana never got married. We we never got married. We just like every day we choose to be together, and we try to be like, you know, split split the roles or whatever. But then, when anything needs to be killed in our house, it becomes my job. And I go, wait a second. I would prefer to be vulnerable because I was saying the other day, it was funny. We had, when we had the murder hornet scare, or if we have like, you know, we had sort of, uh, you know, every once in a while you get a mouse in the house or something. And you're like, oh my, especially with all the rains and everything that happened in New England. It's like, it's like this crazy. I, I saw some of my neighbors had nests of snakes that have exploded because of the outbreak of, all the rains, which like made more mice. I, I, understand. I, ha I haven't said, I haven't said this yet. I haven't said this aloud yet. I haven't even told Juliana this yet, but the other morning I went outside in like the front of my driveway, there was a dead rat. No, a rat. And, and I have never seen a rat here in, in a half century of living here. I have never seen, and this one was like, must've got killed by a predator and then interrupted and left whatever. But I was like, Oh wait, we got rats now. Like, like, and then I was like, "Wait, I hate killing." Like, uh, mosquitoes are, are like the limit. I'm like, I don't mind killing a mosquito, but anything once I have to like kill. Sometimes a murder horn will get caught in the house, and I have to kill it. And I go, "God damn, I hate killing." But it becomes my job because there's gender roles that are sort of attached to this. You know, even though even when we try to be as progressive as we can, I just think it's interesting. I'm not saying 
that that this is a uh, black mark on the system. I just think it's kind of funny that even as as close as we get to like, okay, yeah, we're going to really division of labor. You know, you get it. We get a mouse in the house. Joanna's like, up you go, sailor. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I really do want to respond to everything that you just said, but you were talking about the snake population it becoming much, much larger because of the mice. But what you said was the snakes exploded. And now I can't stop thinking about a snake bomb <laughs> and then just coming at my, the snakes exploded right at my face. And it's, Motherfucking snakes! Oh God, I'm gonna have intrusive thoughts about that for the rest of the day. It's really gonna, it's Sorry, gonna get. Boss. No, I'm you're fine. Sorry, it's it, if it wasn't you, it would be something else. Um, and I I hear what you're saying about that. I think that that actually should be one of those things where, like, ladies can go kill a mouse too. We can do anything. Um, I uh, wrote my sister a text last summer. I broke in the air conditioner in my bedroom. And so I was sleeping on a mattress pad on the uh, dining room floor because that's where the other air conditioner was. And it was too fucking hot. I couldn't sleep with it that fucking hot. And uh, woke up in the middle of the night because a water bug had walked on my skin, touched me, touched my body, touched where where I keep myself, my where I live. Where I right, the me right. and it's my skin and it walked on me. And before I was even like fully awake, I had already grabbed the slipper and just like smashed the ever loving shit out of it. I couldn't, couldn't sleep on the floor anymore, obviously, because that's tainted because my apartment is like spring break for water bugs for some reason in spring. Like spring they come out break. here and they bone and they die on my fucking living room floor. It's disgusting. I hate yeah. it. They yeah. go away. It's only for like one week. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking Cancun back here. I don't understand it. But um, I like that. That's funny. I, th- I I think that you are correct and that you should not have to kill things. Um, I think that there are. It, well, but I don't. I don't want it to sound like an attack on Juliana because oh, the, because the thing the thing is, and I always talk about this in relationships all the time. Where I think love is important, but I think life like is so integral to it. Like I like her so much. I would never want her to have to do that. She likes me so much. She doesn't, you know what I mean? Like we never would want, but I probably am better at it. All things considered. And so fine. Like she could easily, she has, Oh, when I'm not around, she's got to step up and she's got to do it. And whatever, if I'm on a trip or if I'm visiting one of the kids or, you know, whatever, um, she's got to do it. So there's no, there's no way around it, but it's, but yeah, I just, I just think it's fun. It's these weird dynamics inside of these yes. gender roles yeah. that are, I think they're still interesting and probably not talked about. Oh, definitely. And I think that it's a weird thing that, you know, guys traditionally still usually do the yard work, even though there's absolutely no reason. I fucking, I mowed the lawn the uh, day before I went to prom. Like I mowed the lawn and then I took a shower and then I got my hair done and then I went to prom because my little brother, yeah, I'm fucking calling you out, Brian. He's being a bitch and he wouldn't do it. So I fucking did it. Anyway. I love that you called him a bitch. Yeah, what a little bitch. Mow the fucking lawn. She called me that last last episode. Last I, time I, know, I know. It's She's a like, bitch. I'm like, wow. Jesus <laughs> Christ, boss. Oh, that is, a, that is legitimately a sign of affection. <laughs> There's something so wrong with you. I, yes, so okay. many things. We've done 100 episodes. How are you just 100%. learning this? Uh, we just learn slowly, boss. Come the fuck out. Not, um, not intelligent. But, Well, I was only going to say, like, I think that there are remnants of that gender division that need to be taken care of. I think 
one of the bigger issues that needs to be addressed alongside that, not first, but along with that is uh, not the different roles or the different tasks, but also the amount of work being done. Like, I think that the issue with this is women are still responsible for taking care of their partners in a way that their partners are not necessarily obligated to take care of them. Like women still manage the household. So they know when to buy a birthday present for somebody's party coming up, that they know what the doctor's names are, that they know what the schedules are. Like it's getting better, but even in progressive couples that I know, the women are still responsible for that shit. And so I think that that is why it becomes, it it is such a burden to have to do all of those things. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, no. Like, no, no. So, uh, there was like an "Am I the asshole?" where the woman was like, "The guy's like, am I the asshole?" Like, my wife and I have division of labor, a very progressive relationship. Like, I do all the, I take care of the cars, and she takes care of the kids. Like, am I, like, what you know? And you're like, yeah. dude, bro. But, but this is like, it's, it's, it's uni- it's universally right, right, sort right. of, um, it, it is, uh, uh, it reinforced by society. So one of the funny things uh, for me is. If you want, um, God, what was it? Soap Dish. The movie Soap Dish. Uh, Sally Field, she used to say, like, when she needed a boost, she was an actress, you know, played an actress in the movie. When she needed a boost, she would go to a mall, like a local mall, and then her assistant or her best friend or whatever, I forget who it was, would be like, oh, my God, is that? Like, you know, and, she, and she, the fans would swarm and she would get this huge ego burst. And I was saying, um, I get that that every time, usually when the kids were younger, but every time I would go to the supermarket with four kids, it was oh, like yeah. every grandmother in the world would part and it'd be like, oh my God, like you're a unicorn. You know, like I was yep. okay, the kids are super well behaved. They're all helping put stuff in the thing. One's pushing, one's going to fetch this. You know, they're all unloading at the, and people look at me like, oh my God, like, how? you know what I mean? And it's the same dynamic where they go, I've never seen you before. like, you know, but if a woman does that, right. Any woman, yeah. they're like, Oh, those kids keep those kids, you know, pipe down or, you know, like she gets no credit. That's just a trip to the supermarket. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you go, man, I, I, I might be, might as well be signing autographs on the way out, high-fiving everybody in the store. And if it's a woman, not even notice that's yeah. your job. That's the expectation. And that's what you're supposed to do. Did, did anybody tell you what a great father you are for babysitting your kids? Was that is that a thing a you've heard? Time. That yeah, line, that line is wow. Yeah, I'm like you. Wow you don't thing. fucking babysit your own child. You parent yeah. them. They are your children. These expectations, though, are what corrupt the 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 premise from the start. Yes. So so many men go into it thinking like that was never my job. My job was help make the baby. I go to work. Yeah. I make the money. You. That's your. Now I know. Also, you can't have a household. With um, with just one income anymore, so yes, you do have to have a job. But all, but that doesn't change the gender role where you're supposed to be in charge of the kids. Yes. Hello. Yeah. You still like, supposed people to. Can't, <laughs> and you go. Uh, hmm. mm-hmm. And the shit. You let it get this way, dude. This, like if if you had shit. been monitoring things and not letting society unravel and not letting the one percent steal all the money, and and it was possible to live like the baby boomers did, having three houses on one income. Maybe then we would have a case, you know what I mean? But this happened on your watch, so you don't get to, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, this happened under the rule of men. The, so you just go, okay, like, what are we talking about? The, the fact that you are saying to me the things that I have seen in so many 
of the couples I know. Not not super close, but like close enough that I'm like, there's some shit happening here. The weirdest part for me is the way that progressive, liberal, like dudes who refer to themselves as feminists who are like, no, I believe in feminism will say, well, I can't take care of the kids because you did the sleep routine when they were younger and now they'll only go to sleep with you. So I can't step up now because you've already decided it. And I'm like, where the fuck were you four or five years ago when they were developing that routine though? Why didn't you know it? Why weren't you having input then? Mm -hmm. Why weren't you deciding Mm -hmm. then how the routine would go so that now you can take it Mm -hmm. over? And it's not her job every night. And also that the fact that they think, oh, there are reasons why she has to do more of the labor means that it's not sexist. That if you think that unless you're saying out loud, she has to do it because she's a woman and I'm sexist. It's the same way that people will say like, oh, I'm not racist because I never say I hate black people. All I say is. They deserve to be treated as poorly as they are. We're like, well, well, holy shit. Holy shit. That, yeah, yeah, what yeah. you just said was oh very, God. very racist, actually. Right, right, so it's right, this kind right, of thing right. there. If you don't say out loud that I'm sexist, that what you're saying can't be sexist. No, you're being sexist. You're being misogynistic. You just don't realize it. Well, I mean, half jokingly, I'll toss in that there's a, uh, there's a category of work. It's sort of an open category in our home that's called Orlando work or when the kids were younger, pop-up work. And I may have shared this before, but it is basically, it is directly correlated to the disgustingness of such, of of said task, right? And I joke about it and like, oh, come on. But like this part of me that's like, yeah, I I embrace (laughs) the existence of this cat. If not for the existence of this category, I would be fully expendable. Like there, I I fully believe <laughs> this category saves my my ass. Like I am like, yeah, you could fucking dump me, but who's gonna unclog the toilets? <laughs> Boom! How how you gonna replace that? What, exactly. Hire a plumber? Gonna, I guess. Yeah, I guess. You yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Right. Now, and like you know, there's something crawling in the living room. Right. And so yeah, I think it's but I but. What I would add to it that I think plays into this mom piece that's different is there's an expectation built in. Even when they go to Keeley, think about the fact that by the time she she doesn't ask them at the door. Like think about the like how much we just assume makes sense. She doesn't say at the door, fucks this about, which I could fully see Roy saying at the door, you get no peas, you get no, you know, Q-tip for your bloody nose. Like, fuck's this about? They are already a bit taken care of by the time she says, all right, let me have it, right? Like, we just kind of accept. And I think that's the piece that um, has been lost on me at times. I'm sure is still lost on me at times. And that I think in this scene gets is is at the core of it is like you so understand her to be a place of comfort for you and safety and safety. Yes. And safety that it never crossed your mind what you were bringing her. Yes. Yes. Like it never even crossed your mind that what? Yeah. Like you wouldn't even lay out two outfits for her, I would hope, and think like she's got to choose from the two outfits you pulled out of the closet. 
but you do think it makes sense to show up at our house at God knows what hour because y'all already been out drinking and fighting. Yes. To show up there unfucking announced. Yes. To say, of all the men in the world, if you're even going to choose a man or choose, choose anyone, man, you just got a relationship with a woman. Ugh. Yes. It's going to be one of the two of us. I mean, it's pretty, it's beyond ballsy. I mean, it's, it's so, yeah, it's an interesting piece that like feeling about the mom. When I was in college, um, one of the things, and I'm trying to remember the full context and I'm not going to, so sorry, but we read up on this whole thing about um, infant, black men and, and there being like an infantilization piece that can mm-hmm. go on that you've got to be mindful of. And the person in this article, and I think it had been written like in the late 60s, early 70s, was like calling the woman in your life mama. Where does it, where's the, where do you live in the crib? Mm-hmm. Like, and they like, it was like one of those things that like, all right, that's oh, like five fucking examples. There's yeah, got to yeah, be yeah. like, yeah. this can't all be bullshit, you know? And I think there's no, these a lot are, of that. These are unrealized. Uh, right. It's a, yes. that's a, that is very well said. And this is what I'm saying. There, there are these, these, God, these, some gender role stuff. And I'm going to read up. I'm actually going to do some research in the interim now. I'm going to look up and see what studies have been done on this because I think it's fascinating. And then, it, and, and people are so, you know, Juliana was just off on a, um, uh, girls weekend with her college roommates uh, last weekend. And I'm always fascinated about um, it, it, whenever she wants to share, I'm available. I'm, I'm interested in hearing. And she doesn't have to. I don't say like, what'd you guys talk? But, but it's like, if there's ever a conversation that comes out of it, um, I'm always fascinated. And one of the things was, and, and I hate, I want to bring this up because I hate it so much. I hate the concept of a man cave. Oh. And I hate the concept of a, do you know what the, the, the girls version? Yes, a she shed. Oh. I think that's the word. I, as a person who loves language, I hate the term she shed so much. Yeah. But, so she's like, oh, she's got a she shed. And I was like, I was like, okay, so what is the, like, what is her, what is the need for, the, what is, what, just tell me the underlying thing about the she shed. And so many, uh, I don't even like saying it. I don't like it here. I don't like hearing it come out of my mouth. Um, but it's, it always fascinates me. Like what, why, what is the necessity of the man cave? And and listen, I'm not, I, I'm guilty of having lots of male friends. Luckily I have a lot of uh, women friends too, but I have a lot of male friends and I do enjoy the dynamic of every once in a while being like an ogre with dumb morons. I'm fine with it. It's, it's a, I enjoy it. Um, but it's not, um, I guess like as a, as a society, we don't do enough work talking about like, where these elements come from where's the pressure so many people feel the pressure for a man cave because uh they feel like again it goes back to like men's rights oh i've lost so much of my identity i can't have an identity inside of of a blended sort of environment i have my identity really exists when i get to be a man the way that i think of old school man should have been and i'm not disparaging that I, i think that's valid for a lot of people a lot of people they feel like my true identity lies in being this. This is my preconceived notion of who I am, who I'm going to be growing up. And then it has, because of society, it has somehow changed. And I think we've missed something in there. There's a like a fundamental element, which is why so many people have become rad- radicalized, which is why it's so easy to take certain men. And I can tell you the type of man, I can meet him for four seconds and I go, man, you can knock this guy over with a feather. It, all you have to do is just, radicalize him by saying these two things and this fucker is is you know in the next march on on washington because they 
it's so easy these days. And so I feel like we've really f- fundamentally missed something. And I'm not saying it's defensible. I'm saying I wish there was more uh, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I also have the same reaction to Man Cave and She Shed. I think because it isn't about having your own space within your relationship or your home or wherever else. It's that it's so needlessly gendered and therefore flattened because women all do the same thing in their She Shed. It has nothing to do with my personal interests or what I would like to be doing in my activity room. It's that's where I am a woman. That's where I put all my women things. In the same way with the man cave. Like, that's where you put your man cave. Well, what do you do in the man cave? Why isn't that your sports room or your cigar room? Or what is the Coach, interest? Coach is in one right now. He's yeah. in one right now. And I don't ever remember him. He, might, he may have. It's, I, I, it's funny. It's funny. I remember I was just him saying, I'm building my own office. Yes. It's going to be like my place. I remember him saying office. It was like it's like a space for me to get my work done. It's like, I don't remember you, Coach. You saying man cave. Ever. Other people have said it to me, and I don't like correct it. But no, I don't. I don't think of it as a. I don't. That's not the way I think of it or, or speak of it. But but I was when so Daphne does going. Huh. This is kind of my man cave idea. When Daphne does walk in, I have heard you yell, "Get the fuck out!" Uh, well, exactly. Estrogen. I have an alarm. <laughs> but no it's 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 interesting and i like i i I like this idea of like it be the the, that's unnecessarily gendered but also that that then diminishes in some ways that diminishes the space because like yes i do watch sports out here but sometimes i sit out here and put um 4k video of space nebula Yes. on the screens and listen to music. I, I, I remember Daphne's friend one time being totally thrown off because um, they came in, this is years ago, and I was playing um, NCAA football on the Xbox and listening to Luther Vandross. And I could tell that she was like, what? Huh? Like, because that's, you yeah, know, that, that R&B doesn't... love songs. Like, what right. are you doing? Like, yeah, that's not very manly of you, but I, that's, that's what I find relaxing. <laughs> and that's well, what I wanted to do, you know. You so ruined, yeah, I think you, you do ruin, ruin your man cave, coach. You ruin it because sometimes exactly. you watch the WNBA or the oh, women's, women's oh, soccer. Yeah, no. That that I, really eliminates your man yeah. cave status. You know? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of women's sports coming through. Oh, here I'm sorry. For, uh, it's for, uh, it's for lady yeah. sports, please. We call it lady sports. <laughs> like the lady scientists in I'm oh. sure some James Bond movie. I have to imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of happy to be seeing that like the sports teams, the college teams in particular, seem to be going away. I'm not hearing as mm-hmm. much the lady this and the lady that. I remember thinking as even as a teenager being like, I don't know, that sounds kind of goofy. Yeah. They just science counting. Like it's, it's like you're saying unnecessarily gendered. Yeah. Like the like, school's got a the school's got a mascot and that's that's it. Yeah. I uh the high school I went to the mascot it, 20 years ago, I don't know if they've changed it, was uh, the Blackhawk, which, you know, like, let's not use real life people as mascots, maybe. That's not a great idea. But that part. That part. Um, but yeah, they used to call the uh, girls sports teams uh, the Lady Blackhawks. And I'm like, no, no, I, I just swim. I don't. Yeah, I, just like, I don't know what you want from me. I just uh, swim. There's nothing particularly. Go, Lady Blackhawks. Yeah, that doesn't. Uh, it's, it's also, wait, I want to make one more. Oh, go ahead, Fox. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh, I was only going to say this was already a school where one of our chants, we misspelled our own name. That was a thing that we would do. Yeah, I went to West Aurora High School and we would say A, A U, A U R O, R O, R O, R O, R A, A U R O, R O, A, West Aurora all the way. That's not how you spell Aurora. It isn't. This was our school. They were teaching us and we were chanting it, That's spelling really it wrong. So not the best school. Also, we didn't That's have like a school. like me trying school. to figure out Aretha Franklin is where I'm like, take out the TCP. I don't, what the hell? <sighs> I'm like, <laughs> anyway, no, no, listen. I, listen, if I could advocate also, lest I be uh, 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 sort of attacked for my position on these general th- gender things, I, I would say this. I actually advocate for a world where we can really celebrate the differences in gender like for the best parts of it, where it doesn't have to be toxic, where it doesn't have to be like running people down. Like I love when people talk about the inherent feminine or the inherent masculine or the, the, you know, constructive feminine, the constructive masculine there. I don't think everything about being a man is bad. I think some things about being a man are great, but I just wish you could, you could separate that or maybe give kids a runway when they're young, young men to head down a path where it's constructive masculinity and, and have a definition for that so that they don't have to be like riled up and, and feel like they're, you know, sort of masculinity is being impinged because what's been, the part of it that tends to be impinged or, or, or sort of um, curbed are the unhealthy parts uh, the t- the super testosterone parts um, tend to be reeled in for the benefit of society. And that's for some people can be triggered. Oh, it, it's, Interesting the way you frame that. I would almost there's almost um to to use some Ted Lasso language, there's a total humanity that that gets lost in all this. And I hear it in the conversation we're having about like she shed man cave, and I hear it in the like inability because they both let us say this. They I do believe that Roy and Jamie truly love Q. Like true like when they both say i want to spend the rest of my life like it's that oh yes and and i don't think just be like oh she's beautiful i'm like they love cute but their inability to make it past their fight and their their need to like solve this to her like whole humanity for all the reasons that we talked about i think that's what gets us into a lot of the trouble we find ourselves getting into. And so when somebody, you know, the number of, of posts and now people know that I like find these things um, interesting. So they send them to me so now I get even more of this stuff, but the stuff that's like, if you push your shopping cart, this is one that I saw like a month or two ago. If you, instead of pulling the shopping cart, kind of like by the end there, you actually push it the way like it's in, it's designed. Apparently that's not being a man. And I'm like, dear God. Wait, what? Yeah. No, no, no. no there's all this. No, I'm you like, can't, you can't. How about this, this one? How about, so how about crazy? How about the one where you go, they say, little kids say this. They go, look at, look at your fingernails. Right. And you, you go like this, right? They go, no, it's what coach did. A man is supposed to go like this. A woman is supposed to go like this. Like hold the woman's supposed to hold her arm out at arm's length and look yep. at her hand flexed back against its own wrist a man is supposed to turn his fingers over into the palm of his hand and, look, and i was like what 
I've heard that one. one. Right, that's, that's and that's a one. Yeah, and you think I mean, there's so many things where you're like, it's a prison, yes, guys. Boss. We're yeah. building. <laughs> you hear that sigh? That, we're building geez. a prison. Yes. Yeah, it, you know, it, 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 it's crazy. I think that that is the wildest thing to me is that we have things that are so rigidly gendered in so many different ways that women do this and men do this. There was um, a Twitter quiz or something going around the, not so long ago about how masculine or feminine are you? I, I was surprised. Well, no, actually I was unsurprisingly masculine. I, you know, I'm me. It's fine. Um, but the things that they attributed to being masculine should are not gendered. They're not, they, they were like how uh, comfortable with confrontation. Are you, how willing are you to speak up? How willing are you to, I don't know, go a place where you're unfamiliar with something. Like, why would these have anything to do with gender? That doesn't, your ability to confront something in a good way shouldn't have anything to do with gender. That's the, like, you know, either you're confrontational or you're not. That's not on the gender spectrum. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So number one, we say that men are, do this and women do this, or men look at the bottom of their shoe this way and women look at the bottom of their shoe. This. It's like, what? who even fucking noticed this and came up with it? But then also... Things that we have identified as being feminine, we say are bad. So like, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's all no, of this yeah, shit of that happens with it where these things that men want to be, you want to be vulnerable, you want to be taken care of, you don't want to have to smash the bug every time. Sometimes you want somebody else to unclog the toilet. Like all of these things are so wildly okay, but we tell men that they can't do it. And then like it develops into... Uh, uh, a male fragility in a way like you are so wrapped up yeah you're so stuck in this role that you're supposed to be playing that you only feel comfortable in doing it in certain ways and then it's still on the woman in your life to take care of it which isn't better for her and isn't better for you guys and it's such fucking nonsense i don't understand how it's still happening and the people that are like oh no the men should be in charge of the household it's the only way to do things like it's fucking wild. At my at my daughter's college. Sorry, this goes no, both you got ways. It, you got it. You got it. This goes got both it. ways. Uh, you know, I talk about we talk about bookends. We're talking about gender issues here as we're talking uh, episode twelve of season three. We we talked about this in episode one point one. We talked about one of the first things I noticed was Beard and Ted shaking hands with like a stupid yep. two finger yep. shake, yep. right? And I was like, God, that is like. So not masculine. We still, we talked about it from the beginning. We've also talked about how I I was uh, in in uh, parent teacher organizations in California. When I got back to Massachusetts, I sat down. I was the only man. They said this is a woman's group, and I was okay. You don't want me to carry shit? Fine. I don't want to tag women, but like you know, I could be helpful. I'm not. I'm not like I'm trying to help. Yeah, I don't need to run the thing. I was carry the two by four. Whatever. It happens all over the place. And just last week. Um, they were uh, 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 a woman professor at my daughter's college was trying to make a point. Said anyone have any stay at home dads, right? And my daughter raises her hand and she's like, "Okay." And how does he feel about that? Mm. And she's like, uh, "Pretty sure he mm. loves it." <laughs> like, <laughs> because because to, to, uh, the the professor is like, "Listen to me." I always, even when I was little, I always loved little kids. Always. Even when I was a little kid, I loved little kids. And I never wanted to be a guy. Like, my worst nightmare 
outside of like a really weird nightmare of being in prison, like somehow that, that's like a personal thing where I'm, I don't have, a, I don't do anything wrong. So I don't know how it, but I was like, that, that always freaks me out being like confined. Maybe it's a claustrophobia thing, but mm, my big nightmare was like, I would see these dads who would say like, Oh, they'd be like stuck in a legal, like mostly lawyers, like stuck in an office, work late hours. They'd see their kids at night. And then they would have this moment where they woke up and go, I don't know. My kid, kids move out. And they go, I never really. And I'm like, I will never be that guy. That'll never be me. So I'm very, very like, I know the doctor's names and I make the appointments. I do, and so does Juliana. We do, we do it together. Um, the professor refused to believe. She's like, okay, but does he really like it? And this is a woman saying in front of the class. And, and my daughter's like, no, he, we can call him right now. <laughs> like we can just get him on the horn. And I, she's like, okay, well, he would be the very rare situation where, you know, because most men feel trapped in that. They don't get to exercise their masculinity. And she's just like, what? Uh, my, sorry. My daughter's like, what? what is what was okay what is that she's like trying to you know they couldn't you know they moved on to a different topic but i thought that was interesting that that it's being sort of emphasized at that level in a place of higher education where you go huh and this is a very good professor so you go it's just really interesting to me that it, it it's everywhere it is and i'm sorry boss were you about to okay so but it it is everywhere and i think Part of it is we don't we 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 tend to wave generally just as a society from uncertainty. If you notice, a lot of times the things that end up being sort of these like lightning rod issues, they end up being very like no, there are two genders. Well, actually, we've researched it and scientifically, biologically, all the fucking ways out in the jungle, blah blah blah. That's actually not true. No. There are two gen like we can't like it's scary like that that level of right because like if I can't clearly say like this is how I'm a man and I do think some of the men's rights stuff is around well if these things aren't what make me a man then what does and instead of that being a question that that certain people particularly men want to engage right if someone who doesn't have a penis can say i'm a man call me sir like what what does that mean about me and 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 my penis and my manhood like it's all it's all a mess now yes and before it was all very simple and and so it's funny that you say that piece because one of the things i wanted to relay to my son and it and I don't want to do it in a way that seems like angry or like just so you, but I'm like, you can choose to be a certain kind of man, but part of choosing to be that kind of man is you're going to take shit from people in the world who are like, you're not doing manhood right. Like part of the thing, Thor, when you talk about like, stay home, dad, yeah, I think that was great for like. In a lot of ways, this there's, there's a lot of me in that. Like I, I talked to a friend about how much I'm enjoying uh, Biggie Smalls Bishop, who's like uh, all curled <laughs> up on me right here, right now, like truly like an infant. And and but and and she said to me, and there's somebody who's known me since I was ten years old, goes, "Well, yeah, Orlando, of course you love having a puppy. You were supposed to have like ten kids." And I, I mean, I cackled laughing 
Because there's somebody who knows me, like, knows me. And it was so spot on. You know, like, I have referenced it in our conversation since. But that's not a thing, like, as as that kind of black and white thinking goes, that's not a thing that you say about the manliest of men. You know, he just seemed super paternal and, like, he should have had 10 kids. Like, wait, what? Now, if, if I go around and just make 10 kids, now that. That's yes. being a man. Oh, super manly. That, that is very manly. Yeah, just make. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. just like the fact that I can dumping nurture. loads all over the place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Boss. Done and done. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I love coach. I love that coach. Coach was like, "Stop the show." Did you just say dumping You're loads? Such a, <laughs> a dirtbag! <laughs> Wait, I thought and that was I a just, scientific just, term. Did I do something <laughs> wrong? Uh, is that isn't that Latin? I. <laughs> Dumpus Lodimus? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so anyway, I, I think that's, it's, you're going to have to make a decision at, at, in, in all of us, right? I mean, part of the whole transgender conversation is there are a bunch of people in this world who are like, yeah, um, we've been having this decision forced upon us mm-hmm. and uh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I'm going to put these pants on and uh, take these medications and uh, have my outsides match my insides. Mm-hmm. How does everybody feel about that? And it is pissing a good portion of this country off. Yeah. Like, legit. It, yeah. I, it just, I don't, I, I feel like we've discussed every single piece of it. The only thing that I want to comment about what you just said, because I loved everything you said, um, the fact that you need to tell your son some people are going to be angry with you, are going to dislike you, and in some ways try to harm you maybe not physically but like they're gonna try to punish you for giving up this male privilege for deciding to be a man in a way that they don't think men should be and that's one of the few ways where gender it's sexism versus race and not versus racism but to compare the two like i as a white person if i say well i'm actively trying to use my white privilege to be anti-racist or to not take advantage of situations like i'm actively trying to give this shit away so that i don't have the white people stink on me like i I don't want to be in charge i think it sucks that society's set up this way people don't actually get mad at me about that like i i I get all benefit from that i i there might be some racists that are like, well, why sure, are you sure. racist? But I don't want to be friends with them or have them like me. And right. all of us are so indoctrinated. That's too, that's too bad. They're so nice. They're really. Like, There's something. Yeah, really, outside. really. <laughs> Jesus. Both sides. You're missing both out. Sides. You're missing out. On, yeah, on no, both sides. yeah, both sides. I mean, you're missing out, boss. There's a lot of, a lot of good racists out there. I, Just, I you, unfortunately you know. do know some white people that say like, some of my best friends are racist, but they do a great job of babysitting my kids. And I'm like, well, they don't because you just said that you know they're racist. So they're not doing a good job. I don't care what they would do for your kids. Your friend sucks. Anyway. Um, and so I do think that this is one of those situations where we're so indoctrinated with gender roles, with thinking that this idealized form of tough man is the best thing to do. And so anything that would argue against that is seen as a threat by almost everybody. Like I'm, I'm like a, at one point, literally a card carrying feminist because I was in some feminist group in college. And there are times where I catch myself saying things like fucking man up. 
And I try not to. I like I'm actively trying to get away from that. Right. Yeah, rub like, some right. dirt on it, Sally. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like you can yeah. you can have over a uh, you know ovary up instead of ball up or whatever else. It, the balls on that one. The, the, All that, that doesn't shit. sound as cool. Yeah, no, yeah, it, no, doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. But anyway, um, yeah, no. But it's 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 really hard to even address wanting to be a different kind of guy because then uh fucking roy calls ted lasso ronald mcdonald at the beginning or uh rupert challenges his masculinity because when you actively try to distance yourself from patriarchy in that way people see it as a threat and they harm you for it that fucking sucks everything you just said and and i love that you just brought up the rupert piece and i feel a little bit bad because the over is like it's a prohibitive favorite at this point. We are oh. in the same scene we started in. Yeah. Um, but the Rupert piece and, and God, I love that scene. And uh, you know, when the, the whole darts thing, but when, when Ted says to Rebecca is, and I, and is, you know, I think it's called white knighting, you know, blah, 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 it's all going to be fine. I, part of what I love about that is to me, it was the equivalent of like, Sure, sure, I'll unclog the toilet. Like I yes. like yes. I I get that this is like a whole gendered thing happening, but I'm capable of it and I can do it in a way that's gonna be helpful to what we're ultimately trying. And I, I love that about that moment. Because when he says, All right, let's be careful, you know, how we talk to ladies when I've got a dart in my hand, like that's a threat. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh I'm like, yes. Whoa. Like Ted may say it in his Oakley Doakley voice, but he just basically said like, don't make me put this shit in your eye, dude. Yeah. Like season one, Ted Lasso would cut a bitch if he needed to. He screamed I mean, at Jamie. It will yelled at Jamie when he needed to. He threatened. Right. right yeah. Like, uh, and I, he recognized it. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that this is another way where I, uh, I don't want it to make it sound like I don't like men or manliness or the things that we identify as those things, like tough and burly and I throw a tire around, whatever. I don't think that that necessarily needs to be gendered in in the direction of men. Like, we don't need that to be gendered. But also, I fucking love that shit. Like, I watched wrestling last weekend. Like, high school wrestling. Like, dudes fucking on the mat just, like grappling with each other love it super into that shit i love it that ted stepped up and was like yeah i'm gonna put a fucking dart in your eye if you say that shit again i love threatening people i think it's great i just don't think that we need to say that that is how you are a good man right right that is manhood but that yes that doesn't need to be manhood that needs to be something that people are capable of Uh, it's a it's a tricky it's a it's a it's just tricky um i'll give an example from my own life um the earlier this week I have a 10 year old girl, daughter. Uh, she's just, just absolutely wonderful. Uh, she has been fascinated by makeup. So before school the other day, she sneaks in, without her sneaks, she's just like getting ready in the bathroom and she puts on a bunch of, she, she has to, she's watching some YouTube contouring videos. God help me. Um, and we're really, we're really like careful about like what we approve and disapprove of. And so we said, okay, yeah, no, she can watch. Like she's interested in makeup. She's okay. It's not like we watched the video fine. It wasn't, but she tries to like do some, some makeup before school. Okay. Now it has a different reaction between Juliana and myself because my reaction was concern for her because she looked like 
Uh, it was just a lot. It was a lot. And I was like, she's going to be ostracized by her peer. If she goes in or teachers are going to look and go, what is What kind of parent sends their kid to school? You know what I mean? And I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't want that for her. And I don't want it for me and for, for us. And so I say, okay, listen, this is great. Can we have, uh, we didn't stop it. We let her go to go to school like that. We said, I just said, listen, and we have some shared agreements around how we're going to, how we're like deciding about makeup. And Juliana says, yeah, let's talk about this or whatever. Okay. And, v- and my little baby, she's fine. She's great. She's, you know, she's, I just made a say, made sure to say no shame involved. Like absolutely look beautiful. I love what you did. Nothing in front of her. I just like when we're hustling out the door to school, let's talk about like, is that an appropriate time for makeup? Is school an appropriate place for makeup? It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm trying to be as I was trying to make sure there was like zero, anything in my voice that would be like condemning her putting makeup on. Right. And then I sit and talk to Juliana about it. And and she's like, you know what? She's like, I heard you trying to do this and I really appreciate that. And I heard that there was like no shame in the old days. I would have been like, you you know, I would have said something like, no, you're not going to fucking go to school looking like a clown or something. I would, I would, that's old me. Right. But I was very careful. And I, the baseline was, you are absolutely, I love what you did. You're a knockout. Um, And she's like, I heard that, but she's like, here's what you missed. Even though she's your daughter. And even though you are her parent, we have to decide where we want to land in the concept of anyone telling a woman what the fuck she's going to do with her body. And I was like, Oh, like, I was like, <sighs> it like right. Yeah. It hit me so hard where I was like, Oh my God. Like it never right. occurred because I was just thinking about right. the surface level. Yeah. Right. I wasn't thinking wow. about the long, t- right. Isn't that great? Yeah. First of all, that Juliana has that foresight; they could see it. she's just great. But but in general, you know, it re- hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was like, "Wow!" Anyway, so I want to put that out there. It's something I want to put out to the community, and I want to hear how other people are navigating this. If anyone, if our buttercups or anyone is navigating this with their children, I'm actually really interested to hear how other people have figured this out. What what things they've put in place, how they've how they've sort of managed this in a way that seems to, you know, work for them. I'm just really curious. I said, I, I, I when I mentioned Julian, I said, you know, I'm going to talk about it on the show because I, it was really uh, interesting to me that, again, I try to be the best dad. I try to be the best man. I try to be the best partner. I try to be everything. And I still, man, I did, I had a complete blind spot for that, that specific concept because I'm like, oh, it's a little, like how I'm not thinking of women's rights here. I'm thinking about, no, and, she, and you know, it's like, Guess what, bro? Like, mm-hmm. if you start now, it's going to input this in her brain. Like, oh, someone else has the right to tell me what goes on this. Mm-hmm. And right. Uh, I, I thought it was fascinating. Anyway. No, you're right. It's fascinating. And uh, Juliana's the best. I fucking love her. It's mm-hmm. amazing that she called it out that quickly. And also, uh, it, she is right. That is the right stance. I 100% support that. Um, I think the incredibly hard part of that is that as much as we would say, I am not going to tell her what to put on her body and I'm not going to judge her for it and her body, her choice, she gets to make all those decisions, is knowing that there are people out there that will not respect her in that same way. And so I I am not a parent, uh, but I do know a, a little bit about that extremely difficult 
path to tread in terms of protecting her from not wanting other people to say bad things about it and wanting to make sure that she feels completely in control of her own body. It's fucking hard. This is why I have plants and not children. Like that's, it's rough. It is a rough thing to try to figure that out. And it's a tightrope. Yeah. It's really bad. So uh, God bless. I got nothing to say. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I mean, other than acknowledging when it's tricky, I don't know what you actually do about that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'm, you know, as even as we sit here, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not sure I want my 10 year old going to school made up. Now my, I could hear my mom's voice talking about it saying it's about focusing on school it's not what right. So there were probably some other things that in a general way would have gone into this. My mom never wanted to be, you know, taking a bunch of bullshit to school with me, this toy and that toy. Like, you know, like she was like, You're going to school to focus on school. Right. Um Although those days are just no it's not the same as it used to be. Yeah, and there's like a yeah. lot of data to back that up. What happened with, with my daughter is she was going to the bathroom and she saw a couple she's a fourth grader. She saw some of the cooler sixth graders come in uh, and we're sitting at the sink reapplying makeup. And yeah. And so that's what did it. You know, when they get to the age where like, mm-hmm. you're not the main input, it becomes right, like right, peer, right, right. peer group kind of thing. So that was part of it. Also another, another uh, mistake I made uh, while we're chronicling all my mistakes. I am so good at mistakes. It is, it is unbelievable. Hey, um, I have a theory on that, but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, um, no, really. I'm going to share it. But go I, ahead. I, you, I use the term. I said in talking about this with Juliana, I've said, um, you know, can we just like try to keep it like maybe like try, what if we just try to like say, you know, lips and eyes and and nothing on the face, nothing like no rouge, no. I was like, is it possible to like you know keep it classy? And she's like, classy, huh? She's like, that is a white supremacist term. She's yeah. like, that is, she's like that is a social tier that is based yeah. on exclusionary, you know, or uh, exclusionary tactics or saying like, okay. If you do it one way, you're this. That's an either or, you know, binary situation. But if you do it another way, you're not classic. And I was just like, at that point, I'm like, God, fuck it. <laughs> like, I, I give up. I don't, this is why I'm saying I'm actually putting it out there. I would love to hear how people have navigated this because it's, God, the, like, even in, this is a private talk between two people right. who absolutely adore each other and, and, and are best friends and still, I screw up all the time. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I see that. I see that. You know? So it's, it's, it's just a whole, th- but, uh, but like there is the practical matter of what coach says. I just don't know if I want my, my 10 year old getting all dolled up. Like, you know? And so where are these, these lines are so nebulous. It's, it's, mm-hmm. but it's fascinating. And I, I think it's really healthy to talk about. For sure. And, and, uh, did we talk about Ted Lasso at all? Um, there was a scene with Jamie and and uh, yeah, sorry, oh, yeah, uh, and uh, Roy. Where I don't think we talked. Can you explain it to me about what happened? What went down? Nothing bad. Nothing okay. bad. Keely was just like really jerky, and mm-hmm, she like mm-hmm, threw mm-hmm. them out for no reason. Mm-hmm, I think what mm-hmm. we've established, I, they were pretty much right. I mean, pretty it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, what's she gonna do? Not get married? Come on. I know. Seriously, <laughs> we're the two. They're the two best options. You know, come now. I think if if the Jack thing proved anything, you know, listen. Somebody, all joking aside, somebody did say 
I think it was you, boss. Um, uh, last episode, I think you said, oh, coach, you said something so smart that you could have said it. Um, <laughs> I, so I, funny. I, so I really, funny. I really enjoyed that. Um, but uh, had they chosen Thrupple, that really would have been a bolder choice. That really would have been a monumental television show. I don't think that's been chosen on a main. I can't think of right? an example. No. That, that and, sort and, of and, might have and, ticked and, off a whole new sexual liberation kind of kind of thing if, if you had said, listen, they, these guys talk about a new definition of, of masculinity. You imagine two men sharing the, the main squeeze kind of thing, like, and being cool with it. And I mean, uh, I, uh, yeah, they, they missed they missed the missed an opportunity there. If that if that was the case, they were trying to make. But interesting. Yeah, the thru- it's interesting that 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 thruple, you know, I because it it it's it's it reminds me of conversations I've had about um, gay relationships in in shows, and there's sort of there's the version of it that's like scandalous, so and so, you know, right? and there's that, and that that has all the problems that it sounds like it has. And then there, you know, relationships we've all seen that make you go, Oh, and I, you know, I think of six feet under in particular that, 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 yes. that was, that was a relationship where I was like, man, this is just a messy fucking relationship. Like I recognize 95% of shit going on here. You know, you know what I mean? And, and, and that works. And, and I will say if we're going to talk about it as a missed opportunity, which I, I see what you're saying I think this was an opportunity to do that because if Jamie and Roy and Keeley made that choice, I think we'd have to talk about that choice in a way that's different than when you talk about it in the absolute abstract, or if that's just sort of like the defining characteristic of these characters that like, what you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. It, it, I think it would it would have led to an interesting conversation. I'll add that it would have led to an interesting conversation also because we have another thruple apparently in the general universe when it comes to Danny Rojas. Yes. Right. And, yes. and that becomes kind of like a little bit of a punchline like, oh, <laughs> yes. Those are yes. the same two women, right? Yes. Yep. But we always, this is so what we, we talked treated, about. Yeah, no, no, you're right, coach. This is what we talked about. We, we When we were talking about how men don't, you know, we're talking about vulnerability and how men only feel safe with their mom and they try to recreate that. The inciting issue is the sexual component, is the is the fact that, okay, on, on this podcast, we have two, two men and a woman who are not sexually involved. We get along fine. Like, we get along, you know what I mean? There's no... So it's it's when you put this, this is where society gets really hung up. Like you put a sexual component in and then and then you go, OK, well, what's the root of that? What is the root of what's wrong with a couple people sharing a sexual partner? Then you get into like a Judeo-Christian ethic or you get into you know Islamic ethic or you get into like then it becomes a now. Now you have to say, OK, let's take this and look inside of a certain hierarchical system and the validity of that when looking through a certain lens and you go, wait a second, wait a second. So it gets very, very complicated. And it's something that again, not, not enough people are talking about. And, and it, and it's, it's, it doesn't have to be, it's funny. I look at a boss's face. She's like, so nonplussed because she's like, God, people ruin sex by giving it additional meaning instead of just having a fucking good time with it. And and whatever. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Like because because I mean I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, no, no, but no. it's like oh my god, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be that. You can just have a fucking good time without it being like a sacrilege or a a, 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 a situation where you've lost your masculinity or something. Now you know, like this whole you add all these additional factors that are really outside of the act itself. So it's um I don't know it it, it all of these elements sort of have been wrapped up inside of this one. T- I guess, I guess, listen, we started out by saying what a crappy scene. I really don't want to talk about it. And we filled an entire episode with um, just everything, not necessarily the, this scene, but maybe everything around it, everything that's contributed to it. There's a lot that's been poured into these three characters, um, all of whom we admire, all of whom we love. We have a lot of affection for and individually and together. And so maybe ultimately, uh, you know, the goal was to spawn conversations like this. Well, in that case, they did a pretty good fucking job because, yes, two solid hours on just the scene. It, that and the national, always, obviously. Yeah, we did. We did get some national. That was uh, that was key. It was a key element of, of this. <laughs> uh, Coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? Unstuck AF is the podcast. We are uh, doing some 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 pretty cool work on uh, season four and moving things forward. But we've got three seasons sitting there waiting on you. Um, and it's really about people talking about how they are getting or have gotten unstuck and how you can too. And that's the whole point of our existence is just helping folk to learn these lessons and get unstuck in their lives. So Hopefully we can be doing a little uh, liberating in the spirit of Ted Lasso. I love that. Thanks, Coach. I love when people say folk. It reminds me of uh, Obama. He always used to say, like, uh-huh. no, we just got to let folks do the He always is so folksy. Like, <laughs> like, dude. Literally folksy, yeah. yeah. You know, he'd always be like, you know, folks are trying. Folks is such a key word for him. Got him out of so many, like, hairy conversations mm-hmm. when he used folks. And I was mm-hmm. like, that is such a, a smart man. Anyway. Uh, boss, assuming uh, people want to find you, which is a, which is a big, big leap of the imagination, Oof. where would they do that? Yes. I mean, after telling people about all of the times I was rejected in high school, I can't imagine why they <laughs> wouldn't want to talk. Right, to me. exactly. Um, still on Twitter, uh, mostly using that as an outpost. Uh, you can also find me at Blue Sky. Uh, both cases, it is dumbly underscore chambers. I'm keeping Twitter open despite it being it, uh, in case anybody wants to DM or tweet at me or anything else. So please feel free to do that. Um, also writing at uh, The Antagonist, which is antagonistblog.com and scrapping the piece that I started writing and figuring out a new one. So hopefully something this week, no promises, but I'm going to try for it. It's a big part of writing. It's okay. Oh, man. They can't all be winners, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you get two paragraphs in and you're like, oh, I don't fucking mean this. I didn't didn't want to write this one. No. Yeah. And you don't have ADHD. So, like, when you have ADHD and you write those things, you start out and you go, I'm going to start writing about this. And then you finish and you go, I did not write about that. I did did not not write about that. Let's go back and change the title. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's about this now. Um uh, thank you uh, for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this uh, on this tour through uh, Ted Lasso and all of the uh, ancillary components. I, I don't know that many podcasts where you're going to get a conversation like this. I hope it was valuable to you. I hope that you're getting something out of it. We get such great feedback uh, from our listener community. Um, we urge you to, uh, to, to sort of uh, 
support your local libraries and the written word and um, keep being kind to each other. And until next time, we are Richmond, Richmond. till we, til we get some balls. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's the key factor we want you to take away from this Always. discussion. That's it's exactly a little more balls and never hurt anyone. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com. <laughs>